I was going to say, as most of you would know, but most of you won't know because you weren't here last week. <laughs> For Advent this year, we've been uh, just we've kicked off this little mini series that's following along with uh, the Advent conspiracy, which is this movement that tries to call attention to the true meaning of Christmas uh, and how that impacts um, a number of things in terms of uh, spending less, uh, in terms of worshiping God fully, um, in terms of uh, yeah, how we might actually make our Christmas experience more meaningful and actually understand why we are celebrating uh, the season. So last week we talked about spending less, as I mentioned uh, a short while ago, um, which uh, explored the whole idea about how can we actually pause and reflect um, on how we're spending our money, which is actually God's money, hence the challenge that I shared um, <coughs> of, of sticking Jesus on our uh, credit or debit card. So this week we're going to kind of head off in a slightly different vein but in a closely related subject around this idea of giving more. Which gets me straight into that space of, of Christmas growing up. And mum's here, so I've got to make sure I tell these stories with a shred of truth. <laughs> but as one of my... No, don't leave, it's okay. Um, but as, as a good family friend used to always say, don't let the truth get in the way of a good story. <laughs> but I have very fond memories of Christmas growing up. Uh, it was always a really fun time and it generally would be hosted at either my grandparents, so mum's mum and dad, or my uncle and aunties, mum's older brother and uh, his wife. It was usually hosted at, at either of their houses. And the reason being is that they had the primo house, right? They had, like, they had the bigger land or they had the swimming pool or they had the double-storey house or they had the bigger Christmas tree. Uh, and so it was just, as a little kid, just this epic uh, kind of adventure just to head out to their place and you knew you were going to play all day and you knew you were going to get to stay up late. Uh, you know, one of the hallmarks of it was the... Um, Every year was the, was the unofficial um, Zaka Allen pool or snooker challenge, right? And so my older cousin or my uncle, they'd let me win one or two games, uh, get my confidence up a little bit and then just smash me for the rest of the day and the night. Just letting me know who the real pool shark was in the family. I remember one year very early on... Um, I think mum was in jeopardy of being thrown into the pool by her little brother and dad did some charming heroic thing and I don't know it ended up that dad was in the pool with that and 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 mum didn't have to endure being thrown in the pool and sopping wet for the rest of the day so it was wild times wild times growing up super super fun uh, the other the other one I remember was um, my older cousin and, and a couple of us had set up this big, there was this massive hill in front of my uncle's house and he set up this big slip and slide. And my uncle had a, was in business in um, like hardware and it was kind of like before Bunnings and all that was around. So he, he had, would have industrial amounts of things hanging around and one of them was like an industrial amount of shampoo in a bottle and so it ended up all the way down this slip and slide. And um, it, it, it was definitely more... Uh, adrenaline inducing than it looked to the naked eye and it ended up my older cousin broke the record by flying off the end of it into the dam at the bottom of the hill so it was uh, we had fun it was good <clears throat> Thanks. 
They don't happen like that anymore, unfortunately. <laughs> we all live too far apart. Um, but as fun as all that sounds, the pinnacle, the highlight, the Everest, was presence time. Everything that we cared about as kids, everything that I was the most excited about was what presents I was going to get from my uncles and aunties and cousins. It was so exciting that you'd race straight to the tree, you'd see all the families carting in the presents in their washing baskets and everything like that, and it was just, it was the centre of our Christmas world. And I think about all the effort that goes into the whole rigmarole of presents. You've got to find out what people want for you yourself. You've got to list what you want. Um, everyone has to go shopping. Everyone has to search online. You've got to find the stuff. You've got to make sure it's in stock. You've got to see that it's available and it's even going to ship in time. Um, and then there's the whole like um, secret agent texting that everyone does to each other, like all the parents and uncles, aunties, who's getting Ori this and who's getting Ori that? And we've got to make sure we don't double up. And it drives all this spending, like we were talking about last week. Uh, Australians are estimated to spend $51.5 this year on, on Christmas trade, up 2.9% from last year. That equates to just over $1,000 each. Huge. And amongst all of the flurry to organise this and all of the busyness, I think the best I could manage was being reminded to give everyone a fleeting thank you for getting me a present before I rush back to play with it. And it has me wondering, reflecting now on it, does it draw us closer to each other? Does engaging in that activity strengthen our relationships? Does it bring us closer to God? And I think what I've come to realise is that it's not about, at Christmas time, giving more presents. It's about giving more presents. Presence meaning being present. And what Christmas is truly about is God giving us his presence. God being with us. And Matthew gives us an account of the story that brought, that, that preempted God coming into our world, God breaking through and God being present with us. See, Mary was pledged to Joseph to be married to him. And Joseph got word, and if you're reading the account in Luke, um, Mary got word as well um, from an angel <coughs> that she would be made pregnant through the Holy Spirit. And this in... <coughs> oh, sorry, I've got that backwards. No, I don't. So, and in Matthew's account... Um, Joseph kind of gets really worried about this. He's, a, he's a, a man of good character. He loves Mary and he wants to make sure that he can minimise the impact of this happening. And so he plans to divorce her quietly. <clears throat> and then we pick up in Matthew chapter 1 from verse 20. But after he, that's Joseph, considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph... Son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. 
verse 22. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. And right there, there it is, that picture, that foretelling of what was about to take place. The true essence of Christmas, that God is giving us his presence, that he was coming to dwell with his people, and that he was coming in the flesh. There was an Old Testament understanding of Emmanuel being helping, a help, kind of a helping presence amongst individuals. But with the New Testament and with the revelation and the reality of Jesus, the understanding of Emmanuel is Jesus' very present, that God the Father is present with us in our world, touching our reality, coming alongside us, dwelling in us. His very presence is with us and that is what Christmas celebrates. That's what Christmas reminds us of. God's presence with us. And this is built into Jesus' name. You see, Jesus could be said Yeshua in Hebrew, which carries the meaning Yahweh is salvation. And so Jesus' mission, bringing salvation to the world, being the very gift that is eternal and lasting, <clears throat> is revealed in his name. And this is something that's redemptive, something of spiritual substance. It wasn't, as it could have been understood in that time, something that was nationalistic about you know, bringing one country over the rest. Or as I reflected on it, something materialistic. It's not about the presence. It's not about the gifts. It's not about the stuff. It's about God's presence with us. And it wasn't just this encounter that Joseph had, as Matthew shares in his gospel, where Jesus was declared Emmanuel. All the way back in Isaiah, Isaiah hundreds of years before, God declared that there will be a virgin who will conceive and give birth to a son and he will be called Emmanuel. And then we see, as John declares, that the word became flesh and made his dwelling amongst us. And then that promise continues into all the future, into all eternity, because, and it's embedded straight in the Great Commission. At the very end, Jesus says, and surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. See, the truth is that God is with us and Christmas is the picture of that arrival in the form, in the person of Jesus. Last night, Savannah and Malachi got to stay up until 8.30. They thought it was awesome. But the reason why is they were watching this pretty, pretty cool Christmas movie called 48 Christmas Wishes. If you're a Netflix subscriber, you can just jump straight on and watch it because it was pretty good. <clears throat> and loosely, the story was about this group of elves. I think there was three in particular. Um, and they were expert builders. They knew how to build everything. They, um, one in particular was like the Roger Federer of elf building, toy building, wish fulfillment. But they got reassigned to the wish room, which was kind of like Santa's mail delivery room. And they lost the wishes for this whole town. And the story goes through as they 
enter into Earth and learn how to look and act like humans because they're elves. And so apparently humans are a little bit different. And they go about the town finding, um, finding and fulfilling all these wishes so that Santa can uh, get everything done in time. And they get down to the very last wish. But there was a problem. The last wish, which came from the main character's mum, of whom they'd all lost their father some years ago, her wish was that her family would have a happy, joyful Christmas. A Christmas where the Christmas spirit was restored in their family. And the problem that these crack elves had was they didn't know, or they realised they couldn't, build anything that would bring that joy and that happiness and that would bring that family together. No present will match, not even close, God's presence as we celebrate Christmas and as we live life day in and day out. No gift, no present will match God's presence. And that is the good news that we all have to offer to people who don't know Jesus. The good news that God gave his one and only son. As John declares in his gospel. And that by giving Jesus as the gift, as we celebrate at Christmas, what is available to us through God's presence is fullness of joy. What is available to us through God's presence is rest. And what's available to us through God's presence is his love. Jesus said in John 15, as the Father loves me, I love you. Abide in my love. Dwell in my love. Dwell in my presence. When it all boils down, when you look at the narrative of Scripture, when you look at the message that God has, God values relationships. That's why he came looking for Adam and Eve. God values a relationship with you. That's why Jesus was born. The sacrifice that Jesus went through, and we were talking about this last week, to come vulnerable naked through the process of human pregnancy of human birth to not necessarily have his presence welcomed by everyone in the town or the political figures of the day to be propped up on some hay before he had his first feed I mean just moment after moment think of all those little things most of us here are parents or at least aunties or uncles or extended um, extended family in some way think of all those little things that remind you of how precious and how fragile and how vulnerable life is and Jesus came right into those moments because God values relationships that much that he would step through and break into our world that he had given us 
to restore what has been broken, to restore relationship with us. All of the prophecies, all of the promises in Scripture point to the, relation, the gift of the relationship with Jesus. And so as we reflect on this idea of giving more, that it's not about giving presents, the things, the stuff, the gifts, but giving our presence, about God giving us his presence, pushes us into this space of asking, how is God prompting you to give more this Christmas? How can you give more? Now, if you're like me, I generally go, oh, how can I give more? Well, I could probably um, spend 10 or $20 more on presents um, and get quite practical like that. But just to stoke our thinking, just to get us wondering about how we might be able to give more of our presence, how we might be able to invite more people into the reality of God's presence. Let's have a think about these. <clears throat> Christmas lunch. I know uh, for myself, growing up, usually it's just your family sitting around. Uh, the guest list might look the same year after year after year. And there's nothing wrong with that. But is there a way that you or I or us together could create some space to, be, to, to invite people into our presence? Someone that's uh, lonely, someone that's, um, you know, an out-of-towner, someone that's doing it tough, someone that would really appreciate feeling like they belong simply because they're invited, simply because we made space for them to be in our presence them to be in God's presence. For some of us, or for someone we might know, Christmas, after a really busy year, could be serving clients, it could be running hard at your business, it could be a, a number of different things. Um, Christmas can become a bit of a, a, a me time. I'm going to have me time. You know, I'm going to chill out. I'm going to go read my book. I'm going to go sit on the beach. I'm going to go have a coffee by myself. Nothing wrong with any of that. And we all need our time to recharge. So don't hear me knocking that. <clears throat> but is there an opportunity in, in something like that for you or for someone you know to be able to be present? To, in a sense, sacrifice or in a sense to give um, that presence, that space that it might bless someone. Is there any opportunity for us to trade a present for presents. I know that, you know, I can be quite um, pragmatic or routine, so I can easily find myself um, buying the conventional gift or doing the conventional thing that conveys and communicates uh, some, some love and joy at Christmas. And, um, you know, but, but is it the case that we might have bought a similar gift for the person every year and it becomes kind of stale and, and it's a bit of a tradition or, or we, we write the same kind of Christmas card message to everyone we write Christmas cards or whatever, whatever the activity is, whatever it looks like, could it be freshened up? Could it be made new? Could it be a, a new or fresh opportunity to actually be present with someone? Trading a present for your presence. A couple of Christmases ago, We'd all planned to have our Christmas lunch, uh, and we were at Beck's sister's place. And uh, kind of last minute, um, 
<clears throat> someone gave us a phone call uh, from the church we were at at the time and uh, let us know that there was this lady who was a little bit lonely and she had a daughter and it would be really fantastic if we could help them find someone for her to share Christmas with. And so we chatted about it and was just like, you know what, no worries. How about she just comes and has Christmas with us? And as it turned out, this person had fled a really unhealthy relationship. And she had a very vibrant, bright, but very energetic young daughter. And she had some really significant health issues um, that she was in and out of hospital for and had to have some surgery and, and, and so on. And Christmas time, she was left, potentially, with all of that weight on her shoulders and no one to help share that burden. And so we invited her along to join in our family Christmas lunch and um, we were able to make friends with her. And she was able to experience um, God's care and love for her. Um, and I have to say that it made our Christmas experience that year so much richer than it could have been otherwise. And it really didn't take much effort. It was simply just saying yes making sure there was enough food on the plate for everyone to share. Sometimes the best present we can give is our presence. And I think moments like that and stories like that can show us that and remind us of that. And so this Christmas, the challenge to us all is to give more of our presence. That by doing so, we experience God's presence in our own lives and we invite God's presence and we invite others to experience God's presence in their lives. <clears throat> and so we've got a really simple challenge this week. A really simple challenge. As you'll all know, we have the village Christmas dinner next Sunday. Rather than waiting for everyone to collect one on the way out, I thought I'll hand these flyers out now. And I might even give you two each because there's a few less of us here. But the challenge this week, I know they're not the fanciest flyers. The challenge this week is to wait on God, ask him to prompt you. The challenge this week is to take these invitations that say, come celebrate Christmas with Village. And to wait on God, ask him to prompt you, ask him to show you, ask him to direct you to a couple of people you might not naturally be inclined to talk to, you might not know them very well, they could be having a rough time in this season of life, um, they might be lonely, they might not, they might be finding it hard to get a job, they might be a really, really busy entrepreneurial type, they might be sick, they might not be. But a couple of people who you just know, as God's prompted you, need to be invited along to experience the transformation of Jesus, to experience the belonging that's found in a community of believers, a community of people on mission for God who long to see the reality of Jesus absolutely transform and change someone's life for the better. Some of us, this comes naturally to, others of us, 
it might be a bit of a challenge. We might not be the, the proactive, step forward first kind of person when we're meeting, meeting people. It could be a colleague or a friend or a, an extended family member as well. Whoever it is, I know that God's going to tell each and every one of us in, in God's own way. But it's that simple. An invitation and some space. And people can experience God's presence with us and be transformed and changed by Him. God already put someone on my heart. I took some invitations a couple of weeks ago. I stapled it in a Christmas card to my lawnmower man, who's 33, and he's a top bloke, lives in Burley, and, um, which is why I got him to be my lawnmower man, because he lives in Burley. And he said it was the nicest thing that anyone had ever done was to invite him to a Christmas lunch. He's got a really good family and all that, but he's just split up with his girlfriend of eight years and he's in a bad place. And so, I mean, I felt really stupid actually giving it to him because he's 33, you know, and I'm inviting him to lunch. Um, but it was, it was of God. It was, it was right. You don't know what's going on in these people's lives. It's just, just great. So I just wanted to encourage us with that. That's awesome. Thank you so much. And Kaz. Um, I just wanted to share a story from last night. I went to a gym party with my um, uh, Muay Thai gym. And um, it's, I went there and I prayed with Fiona before I went there. And um, when I was talking to the instructor who I'd listened to some podcasts on who's really searching for something and all I could think was Jesus. Jesus, like when I was listening to the podcast and um, I got to have a chat with her and she said, what are you doing for Christmas? And I said, uh, well, I'm feeling re really overwhelmed with all the invitations to parties, so I might just stay in bed, drink coffee and read my Bible. And she said, would you read the Bible? And I said, yeah. She's like, you're not religious, are you? And I said, no. I, it's just, And she's like, I guess that's what... Christmas is all about and I said yeah that's what I think and it was just like a really cool um, little interaction at a completely intimidating social event <laughs> where I was able to share um, like the essence of what Christmas is about that's awesome hey let that encourage you I mean I could I could stand here and and, and say what I said before again, but let that encourage you. That's amazing. And all it, and that's, what a creative way. I mean, I was just saying a second ago, some of us this might be a bit of a challenge for, but Fiona just stapled it in a card. There you go. That takes, that takes the friction out of it. So let, let those testimonies, let those stories encourage you and, and let us just be earnestly seeking after God uh, to know and to, to be listening, uh, to be responsive and obedient uh, to his prompt um, as we're inviting people uh, to come along this week. Um, because what's at stake is someone experiencing God's presence, that they might be transformed by Jesus. They might know the true essence and meaning of Christmas um, and, that, and that what more and what else could we possibly want to give to someone? So let's pray. 
Father, we thank you so much that you are such a generous and giving God. That you didn't just give more, you gave it all. You gave us Jesus, your presence dwelling amongst us. And Lord, we thank you so much that each and every year as the Christmas season comes into full swing, we have the opportunity to reflect on that and be reminded <clears throat> that you are the essence, you are the truth of Christmas, the reason why we celebrate. And Lord, we pray uh, for those of us who follow you, uh, Lord, that we would uh, be responsive uh, to your promptings, that we would take this challenge with eagerness and that we would be able to, um, by the power you have uh, put into us, the power of you dwelling in us by your spirit, we'll be able to uh, invite those who otherwise might miss out on a significant Christmas experience, who otherwise might not have uh, friends or family around them, who otherwise uh, might not hear that you are the reason that we celebrate Christmas. So we pray as we go into this week, Lord, that you would give us eyes to see and ears to hear the opportunities you're putting before us to share your love and goodness and to give an invite to someone who you know really needs it. And we thank you for this. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen.